Welcome to the Landis Experience podcast featuring the bull bear banter. We all know that markets often behave in a way that can't easily be explained. The bull bear banter is our best effort to digest the noise of the marketplace. Thank you for joining us. Sit back, relax, and let's talk about the markets. Hello, this is Tom Guinan, and I'd like to welcome you to the August 21st episode of the Bull Bear Banter. Cheyenne Dunham and I are both back this week. Cheyenne, what's been happening with the markets this week? All right, Tom, so for our market update this week, September corn futures gained two and a half cents today. Those ended at 327, which was up two and a half from last Friday's close. For December corn, that gained a penny and a quarter and closed at 340 and a half which was also up two and a half cents from where we left off last week. Switching over to soybeans, November soybeans lost half a cent today, and those finished at 9.04 and three quarters, which was up six cents for our week on week. And finally, January beans lost half a cent today as well, and those finished at 9.11 and a quarter, gaining seven and a half cents for the week. Our big story this week is that the Pro Farmer Crop Tour has wrapped up. For corn, they are calling the national yield 177.5 bushels per acre, with Iowa at 180, Indiana at 186, Nebraska at 188, Minnesota at 199, and Illinois at 205. Even with South Dakota at 164, they are saying that it's the best corn crop they've ever seen there. Their overall production number is just under 15 billion at 14.8, with a 1% plus or minus variation noted, giving a range of 14.67 to 14.96 billion bushels. They did cut 500,000 acres from harvested acres, with 300,000 of those coming from Iowa. For soybeans, they expect a national yield of 52.5 bushels to the acre and a production of 4.362 billion bushels with a 2% plus or minus variation in a range from 4.275 to 4.449 billion bushels. For Iowa, they estimate a yield of 55 bushels to the acre and they also say that the crop desperately needs a rain in the next 10 days, stating that the derecho winds depleted soil moistures and they note a 46% decrease from last year. Looking at yields for other states shows Illinois at 62 bushel the acre, Nebraska at 59, Minnesota and South Dakota both at 51, with both expected to produce a record crop this year. Indiana is pegged at 61 bushel the acre. They also estimated corn and soybean yields for Ohio. Both of these national numbers, 177.5 for corn and 52.5 for beans, would be a record. With that, let's move on to the bull bear factors. For our corn bull factors, crop condition scores dropped two points nationally. We're now sitting at 69% good to excellent. Here at Iowa, we lost 10 points due mostly to the storms we saw last week, and we're now sitting at 59% good to excellent. We continue to move through August without much rain in most of Iowa and little to none in the upcoming forecast, so we would expect another shift lower for Iowa in next week's update. There have been various reports of Chinese interest in wheat recently. Looking at a couple different charts shows the price of wheat climbing lately. Chicago December wheat bottomed out on June 26 at 4.79.5 and has since risen more than 50 cents. Kansas City December wheat hit a low two weeks ago around 4.20 and is now more than 35 cents higher. Perhaps a little more wheat demand will spill over into the corn market and pull it higher as well. And finally, export inspections continue to run at a good pace. Last week, we came in at 40.8 million bushels shipped, which was right in line with expectations and keeping on pace for the USDA's yearly projection. On the bear side for corn, export sales for the week were below the bottom end of the expected range for old crop and pretty much in line with expectations for new crop. 
At 28 million bushels, though, that is an increase of 6 million bushels from last week's report. While U.S. ethanol production increased 2 million gallons last week to 272 million, it is still running below the 290 million per week pace we need to see to meet the USDA's projected 4.85 billion bushel corn for ethanol usage by the end of the marketing year. Ethanol stocks also increased 22 million gallons last week. Earlier I talked about the corn yields for the states based on the pro-farmer results. The one thing to keep in mind is that we will have extra acres in a lot of these states. Illinois, Indiana, and South Dakota will all have improved acres. For our bull factors on soybeans, new crop export sales continue to impress. Last week, we saw 94.5 million bushels, putting total new crop sales at 755 million, which is a record for this point in the year. The old crop sales report showed close to half a million of net cancellations, but the combined report shows the fourth largest weekly sales since December of 2018. And finally, the NOPA crush report showed more than 168 million bushels used during July. This is a new record for the month of July and a very solid increase from June, which saw 144.8 million bushels processed. This is the sixth highest monthly total for any month. Soy oil stocks also dropped 68 million pounds to 1.467 billion pounds, which is the lowest we've seen in 20 months and almost 300 million less on hand than July of 2019. On the soybean bear factors, condition ratings continue to run significantly ahead of the five-year average, even with losing two points last week to hit 72% good to excellent. That's still well above the 53% we saw at this time last year and 63% for the five-year average. As mentioned earlier about the Pro Farmer Crop Tour, they have confirmed a large U.S. soybean crop is on the way. Many of these states are going to see double-digit percentage increases. Minnesota up 12%, Illinois up 25%, Indiana up 38%, and South Dakota up 50% on their yields. Their survey of Ohio shows a 51% increase, but with the low acres in that state, I don't even like to talk about changes in Ohio. Of course, we're missing the rains in Iowa lately, and this crop appears to be losing yield every day, every week, but it still feels like the U.S. is going to produce a large crop. On our what to watch for in upcoming events, like we talked about last week, same this week with Monday's crop ratings, are going to be eagerly anticipated as there will have been even more time to make some better assessment of the extent of the storm damage in Iowa and elsewhere across the Midwest. Next Monday, the Landis 2020 Crop Tour kicks off as we have teams spanning out across our entire footprint gathering info. We'll share this info during webinars on Wednesday, September 2nd, and you'll want to register for that on our website. There are still some of our virtual pre-harvest meetings scheduled for next week. Our president and CEO, Matt Karstens, is hosting these meetings, and they give everyone a chance to hear what is going on in the company and how we're preparing for harvest. You can register for one of those on our website and be entered to win a $50 gift card to a local restaurant. Remember, Labor Day is just a couple weeks away, September 7th. There'll be no markets that day. And the next WASD report is on Friday, September 11th. And now for Tom's take. I've read a couple of conflicting stories on China lately. The first one is centered on a new initiative by President Xi Jinping to tackle the shocking and distressing problem of discarded leftovers. This has been labeled the Clean Plates Campaign and is aimed at the 35 million tons of food that is discarded every year. The main message from this story was that there is growing concern about adequate supplies of food. 
Then there are stories about increased demand for China for agricultural products, but mostly for ingredients for feed, as they work to rebuild their hog herd. Pork is the item in highest demand for the Chinese palate. They have steadily increased their consumption of pork through the years until African swine fever tore through the country over the last couple of years. The main message here was about ensuring a healthy hog herd in order to meet this high demand for pork. I wonder if these two stories are somehow related. Remember a few months ago, there was a story circulating that said some, if not most, of the issue with African swine fever was table scraps being fed to backyard hogs. In effect, some of these hogs were eating leftover pork. The speculation then was that it would be difficult for China to move to a complete westernized model of pork production because of all these backyard pigs. Perhaps they are forcing people to eliminate food waste in an attempt to get them to use feed for their hogs instead of table scraps. Let's take that a step further. If the Chinese government is serious about rebuilding a healthy hog herd and eliminating table scraps as a source of feed for these hogs, then it's possible that they will need more soybean meal, corn, DDGs, and yes, wheat to feed to these animals. I'm not usually a person given to hope when it comes to grain markets, but if we do indeed see a significant uptick in demand for feed from China, whether it comes from the U.S. or not, it will shrink some of these burdensome inventories and push prices a little higher. So let's continue to hope that they are successful in their efforts. Now, I'll also say that the Chinese buyers are not known for making rash purchasing decisions. They will be shrewd, and they'll try to keep their feed prices as low as possible. But maybe, just maybe, we'll see some benefits from all of this. Thanks for listening. I think that's all we have for you today. We appreciate you joining us for the Bull Bear Banter. If you'd like to contact us, you can send a tweet to Coop or drop an email to podcast at landiscooperative.com. Our tagline is bears make money, bulls make money, and pigs just go to market. If you have any questions regarding grain marketing decisions, please reach out to your area grain marketing advisor. We want to thank you for listening, and we'll be back with you again next week. 